Good afternoon, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Race Is Not Given. Uh, before I get started, I do want to share some exciting news that's going to come down the pipeline for us. Uh, I've actually been contacted by uh, two apparel distributors, uh, and the exciting news about that, I can't really go uh, deep into it. Uh, but as you guys follow me through the race uh, isn't given, uh, you will be able to get, I believe it's 15 to 20 percent discount uh, on their sites for apparel. That's hoodies, hats, T-shirts, etc. Uh, so I'm really excited as uh, we work out uh, the details in that. Uh, I'm excited to share uh, in the gospel with these two distributors. I think it's going to be a great move for the kingdom of God. So with that being said, again, in the next episode, I believe it is everything should be ironed out. I'll be able to share the discount code and I want you guys to go swiftly uh, over and get that, uh, get your discount, get everything uh, that you have. And, and here it is. You know, the Bible says, uh, what did Jesus say? That he will leave the 99 to go after the one. And I truly believe that we need to change our understanding and our mindset for that concept. You know, we try to tackle a, a plethora of things all at once, but we have to understand that sometimes we have to leave the 99 to go after the one. And so God wishes that no one would perish. So it is that much more important uh, for us to realize that if we can reach one with the gospel of Jesus Christ and we can change an idea, a, a, a philosophy, a thought, uh, we can change a person's perspective on life and Christian belief as a whole. And it's only that one then we've added one more person to the kingdom of God. So on this Sunday uh, in my message, I talked about I don't mind waiting. I don't mind waiting. And we tarried for a little bit. I believe it was in Job 23. And we read uh, verse 8 through, I believe it was verse 10. Again, Job 23 uh, verses 8 through 10. And it basically talks about Job looking for God. And in the scripture loosely translated, it says, I looked and you weren't there to the left and you perceive and I perceived you not. But once you've tried me, I shall shine forth as pure gold. So we understand that we know the story of Job, that he had to go through some things. God identified him as a righteous man. The devil said that, hey, you know, I can do some things to you, but the hedge that you have on him prohibits me from showing you that Job will curse you to your face. And so we know the just of the story. Uh, that Job, he went through a myriad of things. He rent his clothes. His wife told him to curse God and die. His friends told him pretty much the same thing, but he persevered and he received double of what it is that he lost. And so today I want to talk about the topic, though it tarry, though it tarry. And we're going to be kind of having a conversation from the book of Habakkuk uh, chapter two, and we're going to be reading from verse three through four. Uh, again, this is a little bit more casual from, you know, the message that I give on Sunday. So it's just going to be really a conversation in that regard. And we're going to break down a few different things. And right before I get into the scripture, we'll get into a little bit of a history of uh, the prophet Habak. And he is said to have been uh, uh, one of the or the book of Habak. 
one of the eight books of the 12 minor prophets. 12 minor prophets and it's attributed to the prophet Habakkuk and was probably composed in the late 7th uh, century BC uh, one of the three chapters in the book uh, the first two are dialogue between Yahweh God and the prophet uh, the message that shall uh, live by faith so that's what we're going to talk about in this message it says the just shall live by faith and so Habak, as we uh, began to do a study on him, was known to probably be a Levite, uh, probably to be a Levite. And he was a singer. Uh, he, again, he was a Levite. So he comes from the lineage of the Levitical priesthood. Uh, and so that means when he does his text or things like that, he used harp symbols. He's really passionate and it's not surprising when you think about even the text that we're going to read and the passion that you get from it you can sense that he has a passion he has like an experience of worship an experience of worship uh when we think about Habakkuk as he's writing uh this book and so there's just a couple of things and so when we think about the three chapters in the book one is a discussion between God and Habakkuk uh, the second one is an oracle of woe, and the next is a psalm. And because he is a singer, uh, because he is a Levite, he is a worshiper, and we don't know a lot about uh, Levites and the Levitical priests. They were the ones that actually ushered, especially in the Old Testament, that prepared the chamber, prepared the temple, and they would usher in the spirit of God. So they were worshipers and they were servers in that regard. So he comes from a very good uh, lineage uh, and when it comes to understanding the the presence of the Lord so he kind of had a relationship but the interesting thing and we won't go too deep into it he kind of questions God even in a in Habakkuk like why would you do this to your people your God you know what I mean and so he's an interesting character but let's go into the verse that we're going to read and again is Habakkuk chapter 2 verses 3 through 4 it said, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it shall surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. I'm going to read that again. It says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry. Wait for it, because it shall surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Now, let's get into an understanding of tarry. Will not tarry. What does that mean? So the word tarry is used twice and terry we're talking about t-a-r-r-y is used twice in the king james version uh and the english translation of the verse though it tarry it will not tarry the sense of the word from the strongs is to hesitate be reluctant linger delay meaning something is moving but moving slowly so what does the miriam uh dictionary says it's it's a verb and it says to delay or be tardy in acting or doing. Here it is. To linger in expectation. Wait to abide or stay in a 
in or at a place to tarry. That 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 definition it means a lot. It says to delay or be tardy in acting or doing, to linger in expectation. Doesn't that sound like some things that you go through? Like we shared before, and I believe I, I spoke on this on Sunday, we talked about how God has given promises. God has given you specific promises. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's restoration. Maybe it's rebuilding. Maybe it's exalting you and elevating you in your craft or in your ministry. All of these things. And, and, and for a lot of us, if not most, we get these promises. We get these glimpses. We get these bits and pieces from God. And then... There's a waiting period. There's a time frame where it seems like, hey, you're all excited, you're giddy, you're 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 rambunctious, you're ready to go. And then a month goes by. And then a year goes by. And then for some of us a decade goes by and we're still waiting. Now we also understand that the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. And he says that his word shall never come back void. He says, heaven and earth shall fall away, but my word shall never come back void. We always talk about different peoples in the Bible, and one person specifically that I talk about, or a couple of people, one of them being Noah, the other being Abraham, even when you look at David. David, when the prophet came to Jesse's house, looking for uh, the person who would be king. He went through all of David's brothers. And David was a young man. He he was, you know, looking after sheep. He was a young man. So there was no way that he was ready to take the appointment of king. But the prophet went and he poured oil. And even Jesse didn't even tell David to even show up to the appointment. And God said that there was another. So he told the prophet, like, there's someone else. And so Jesse, the, the father of David, says, well, you know, I do have David, but he's out, you know, taking care of the sheep. Well, bring him in. And so he pours the oil and it pours accordingly from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And it was declared that David was the king or was to be. And he had to go through his thing running from Saul and all of these things. And he never dishonored Saul, though Saul was out to kill him and blah, blah, blah. But all of those things prepared him for his appointment. But he had to tarry. He had to wait. I gave the example to a co-worker. I was talking to her about her business and her marriage and things of that nature. And I remember Bishop Jake said it once. He said, you know, God can give you a brand new car. And depending on the circumstances, it can be a blessing or it can be a curse. Well, what do you mean it can be a blessing or it can be a curse? So let's put it into context. If I'm an 18-year-old you know, person and someone comes to me and says, I have a brand new car and I have my license and I've been driving and I am prepared. And someone says, I have a brand new car completely free. You don't even have to pay registration. I've taken care of everything. You understand in reality that that is a blessing because I've gone through the proper protocol to get my license. I've, I've driven, I've been tested. And so I'm prepared to receive that car. But let's flip it a little bit. What if I was an eight-year-old person and the same individual came to me and says, I want to give you this brand new car. And I took my eight-year-old self and I got into this car and I 
began to drive this vehicle. Isn't that a curse? It's no longer a blessing. But why so? Because I don't have the capacity to receive that blessing. So here it is. When we look at the Terry of God, a lot of times the Terry or the waiting is because God knows we always say he is the alpha, the omega, the beginning of the end, the one who was and is and is to come. So he knew from the beginning and he's already seen the end. So he has already been able to predestine what is going to happen in our lives. So he understands if someone gives me a car at eight years old, one, my feet can't even reach the pedals. And if I scooch down so that my feet can reach the pedals, guess what? Now I can no longer see over the steering wheel. So I can't see what's in front of me. And in order to push on the gas, I have to drop down lower. I can't see what's behind me because guess what? The seat is bigger than what I am. So I can't even turn around and look to see what's behind me. I can barely see what's on the side of me through my big old window and through my side mirror. So this blessing that at 18, if I would have received, I would have rejoiced. Now at eight years old, it is no longer a blessing, but it is a curse. So the same thing that God wished to give me in that season that would have blessed me in a different season, he has to make a tarry because our capacity has not grown to a, to, to a place that we can receive that. Even when we talk about financial situations, God understands and knows, and this is the example I gave the young lady that I was speaking to, how many athletes or, 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 you know, students from a college perspective or a high school standpoint, very athletic, come from, you know, urban uh, uh, cities and areas to where, you know, they're not as fortunate as others from a financial standpoint. And then you take this person and even though they may have paid and played in college and though their college education may have been paid for, they don't understand what it's like to go from five dollars $10, maybe even let's say $30,000 a year to all of a sudden now you're a multi-millionaire. So when we put it into context, you have this kid who has a love and an adoration for his mother, his parents, his siblings, if he has them, his homies, his buddies that he's grown up with. And no one has been able to pour into him the importance of saving and investing. And so now you have this person that has had meager accommodations financially, and he's thrust or she's thrust into this financial prowess. Do you really believe that they have the capacity to be able to sustain that, to be able to keep that and not go out and buy the biggest car and the biggest house and, you know, buy these things from my homies, buy that from my homies, do this for my parents. And you just want to just pour love on everyone because, hey, we finally made it. But you have to understand there's different clauses, there's different things, and some money is guaranteed, some is not. And so especially from a football perspective, they'll tell you, hey, you're getting $100 million, but only... 30 of that million is guaranteed. And you just went and blow, blew $20 million on the homies, on houses, on cars, on clothes, on all the things that you wish you could have had when you were eight years old. And now because of your talent and because of your gift, you're just automatically dumped all this money in your head, in your pocket.
So imagine our lives as God has given us promises, as has said, these things are going to happen. But he gives it to us in a place to where our capacity can no longer or or not say no longer can't really contain it. So you have a bucket with 17 holes in it and you try to fill it. It can't hold what you're pouring into it. So when we talk about Habakkuk chapter two, verses three through four, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. God wants to make sure that we are able to manage the gift and the promises that he has for us. We go back to David at 15, 16. Yeah, though in some countries and some cultures, there are people that in the past have been very young when they become king or come into power. But realistically, you haven't been through anything. You haven't persevered. You haven't been tried. Your muscles haven't been stretched in order to be able to take on the responsibility of leading a people. So there are going to be times in our lives that God is going to give us promises. He may even show us a glimpse of what the promise is. He may even let us bask in the promise for a moment and then disrupts it. He's not a sadistic God that he wants to sit here and play mind games and torture people. But he wants to make sure that number one, and this is the most important piece of the Terry, that once you get that promise, once you get that blessing, number one, that you align yourself to the will of God. You align yourself to the will of God. Because the very important thing, the most important aspect of even the blessing that God gives us, how is he, how is his son, how is the word of God going to be glorified and lifted up in this process, in what you get? How many people are you going to win to Christ because of the blessing that God has given you? How much of your lifestyle is going to change to represent or be a representative of the body of Christ so that those who might never be able to get online, who not, might not ever be able to hear a podcast, who may not ever be able to, especially with this pandemic, may not ever be able to physically walk into a church ever again, but they are having an interaction with you. You might pass them in the grocery store. You might be going on your morning run or walk or, or having your coffee uh, out on your, your porch or whatever, or sitting in your car. You never know the situation or circumstance and someone comes up and just needs a kind word, needs to hear something from you. And yet you have nothing because you have not studied to show yourself approved. But you want the blessings of God, though. That's the interesting piece of the mindset of man. We want God to heal us. We want God to save us. We want God to bless us, but we are not willing to do and, and submit to the sacrifices of the true will of God. We want the desires of our heart. We want everything, but we're not willing to sell ourselves out, not for a society, not for an organization, but for the very God that we know has kept us and delivered us and provided for us and given to us. It is almost like the children of Israel when they were murmuring, complaining and saying that it is better for us to go back to Egypt. That's like a person who what we call is institutionalized. They understand they've been in the penal system for years. They, they get three hot meals every day. They get 
uh, uh, exercise and they get playtime and they get to make a whole bunch of friends and they have a sense of unity all because they have been thrust into this society because they refuse to do what the government, local and national, has provided as a standard. But you want appeals and you want people to hear you. You want people to be compassionate. And it's the same thing that we do to God. We want God, hey, hurry it up. Speed it up. I know what you showed me. I know what you told me. I need it right now. I need you to make it happen. But we're not even willing to take one step and just really submit. There's so many of us that had so many gifts and talents. But we refuse to submit those to the very God that when trouble rises, issues come, our children get in peril, our, we lose our jobs, we lose our finances, and then all of a sudden, he is the God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Lord, please send your Holy Spirit in to comfort me. Oh, Father God, fill me up and use me. Do all of these things. I need you, Lord. I seek you. I fall at my face. I lay prostrate before you. And then as soon as the problem is fixed, we're right back to where we were before the issue came. That's the one thing that I love about Job. Through the entire process. Yes, he had his hiccups. But he worshiped God. He sought him. He looked for him. And because God already knew. He rewarded him. With double of what he lost. And I believe if I hear. What the Holy Spirit is saying. There's so many of us. Looking for change. Looking for restoration. Looking for elevation. And it simply lies into the choice that we make. Will we serve God if he says no? Will we serve God in the turmoil? Or will we only seek him to fix something? What type of relationship is that? What type of relationship would you want with someone that all they rely on you for is to fix something? But the beauty of God is that he wishes that no one would perish. And so he allows the season of Terry to come into our lives so that we can be purged and those things that hinder us from seeking him on a daily basis, expounding and growing our relationship. He puts us in certain situations so that we can change our ethos, our thinking, our mindset. The world has so much infiltrated the church that it is ridiculous. Even looking at the election and the things that are going on, some of the asinine things that I'm hearing that people are believing and saying is going to happen even from a presidential standpoint. And I'm like, how is that God? Sharing with the same individuals like, you know, they, you know, people say I'm clairvoyant. I said, so you you hear God. He speaks to you. And I was like, it's very important that you cherish that because a lot of people wish that they could simply hear the voice of the Lord. And I just want to encourage you and let you know, God speaks in so many different ways. He does speak audibly. Sometimes it's your own conscious. Sometimes you hear your own voice. He will use voices that you commonly know. But the biggest uh, area into where he speaks is through his word. He will give you confirmation through the word of the Lord. And I believe this is confirmation and someone needs to hear this. The end is not over for you. 
The end is not over for you. This is not the end of the road for you. This is just a Terry. And look and use this time. I know that there are many of you that God has spoken a lot of things that he has asked you to do. He has put, in, put things into your spirit for you to do and obey his word so that he can use you. And like I told the young lady last night, as soon as you stop doubting God, what he has promised you will come sooner than what you expected. So sometimes even our doubt, even our questioning is what brings the Terry into our lives. So I'm telling you right now, as I'm coming to a close, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. So right when you're about to give up, wait for it. Because the rest of the text says, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So I believe God is about to do something miraculous. He is about to do something truly amazing for you, in you, and through you. Don't doubt, though it may tarry, wait for it, because it shall surely come. It will not tarry. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and I hope to see you on the next episode of The Race Is Not Given. I don't know what the uh, subject or the title is going to be for the next episode, but just, you know, follow me. Again, this is going to be on several different platforms. We're on Anchor. We're on Spotify. Uh, we're on the uh, Apple apps. We're on Google apps. We're on Breaker. We're on so many different things for the podcast, and it will also be on YouTube as well. So if you want to actually see me speaking, please join me on YouTube for the races and given this is episode number four, number three, sorry, though it tarry. I truly believe that God is planning to open some doors in our lives if we stop doubting him, stop trusting him, and stop believing and just wait for it because it shall surely come. It will not tarry. And again, on the next uh, episode, I will be sharing uh, the two apparel companies that I'm uh, partnering up with. Again, they're going to be offering you guys, uh, believe it is 15% discount on everything that they sell. So I want you to go ahead, look and see what they have. I'm going to share that on my Instagram, uh, New Horizon Ministries. Uh, I'm, I'll be posting it on the next episode below in the comments. Uh, and then I'll also share it uh, on the podcast. So I'm excited about that. And there are going to be so many different things coming over the horizon. I'm just excited about what's happening in the kingdom of God. If we just sit still and know that he is God, we shall hear him speak. We shall hear him speak. He's speaking loud. Commit yourself to him. Delight in him. Is it an easy road? I'm going to tell you it's not. But is it rewarding? Yes, it is. To know that the almighty, the all-knowing God desires to have a sincere, intimate relationship with you, that's, that's something that money can never buy. That can never buy. That you can never purchase that experience to have the Holy Spirit come and commune with you. It, it, it's, it's something that I encourage everyone 
to experience. So I hope you guys have a great day. I'll see you on next Wednesday. Again, I'll be posting every Wednesday, every Wednesday in between 11 and 12, well, 11 and 1. Uh, so be looking out for that. The race isn't given. Again, this is episode number three. Though it tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not tarry. Hope you guys have a great day. This is Maurice from New Horizon Ministry. And thank you for listening to The Race Isn't Given.